Thank you so much for listening to True Crime Broads. We would also love to see you on our social media. Our two main platforms are Instagram and Facebook under True Crime Broads. But we also have a presence on YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. And also, if you listen to our podcast and enjoy it, please feel free to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple. And also, there's an option on Apple to leave a review as well. Thank you for listening to True Crime Rods. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And today we have something pretty different for you guys. We were fortunate enough to be asked to be on Crack House Chronicles. And if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, it is so good. Those guys are really, really good. So nice. Yeah, they're so nice and jovial um, and funny. So yeah, check out Crack House Chronicles and we're going to go ahead and publish that episode on our platform. They were kind enough to give us permission to do that. So we're excited to bring that to you today. I also wanted to come on here to let y'all know that we do have a lot of people that reach out to us all the time. Crystal and I, either together or separately, um, wanting to share something with us, uh, whether it's information that they have or, or just some thinking or somebody they you know saw or heard. And we just want to make sure everybody knows we do not share that with anybody. We don't post it in the group. We don't send screenshots to people. None of that happens. And you're welcome to you know say, hey, don't share this, but we don't share it. We, you know, that's information that you trusted with us and we respect that. And so we just don't share it with people. We keep it, you know, right between us. And, and if it needs to be forwarded, we ask you to do that. Or then if you tell us you want us to, then we do that, but we right. don't share it with the public. We'll do exactly what you tell us to. If mm-hmm. people come to us with sensitive information, we are not going to be blabbing about it on our next episode. I promise you. Right. So um, we will keep it under wraps and we will help direct you to wherever you want to if you want to put the tip in at anonymously at crime stoppers or if you want us to tell the police for you because you don't want to talk to them whatever just you know we will always direct you to the police but if you want to do it some alternate way um there's a lot of options we'll work with you yes we'll do whatever it takes because the number one thing is getting tips out there and as you know our number one case is the missy beavers case and we really want to see that solved in our lifetime it's been over seven years now and um, we're not giving up hope so if you're out there and you know anything please let us know Also, if you'd like to be a guest on True Crime Broads, we're always looking for experts in the field of true crime um, investigations. Um, If if you know Missy and you would like to come on and discuss all her wonderful traits and we can just do that, you know, we don't have to talk about the actual case. So just let us know if you're interested in being on and we'll look forward to talking to you. Yep. That's all we that's all we we can ask. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on True Crime Broads and please Enjoy the upcoming interview with Crack House Chronicles. True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee.
Now, you remember last week we we covered Missy Beavers. She was murdered there in Midlothian, Texas. Golly. She was murdered there in Midlothian, Texas at the Creekside Baptist Church mm-hmm. before her Camp Gladiator workout. Right. Yeah, and you remember at the end of the episode, we said we were going to try to reach out to True Crime Broad's podcast. You got to get some experts on it. Yeah, and we found these ladies, and I'll tell you, man, they have done an in-depth dive into this lady. Yeah, it's awesome. The surrounding her case, the people involved, it's just it just blows my mind the the research they have done, and we had to reach out to them to get them on the show and and pick their brain and find out what they know and answer some questions that we had going into us learning about Missy Beavers. Yeah. And so, they went head over heels and be way beyond just trying to bust butt to get here. Yeah. So it was really appreciated. And they Lord. answered our calling and they agreed to be on our show and we have them on the show tonight, dude. For real. So we want to welcome Crystal and Renee, host of True Crime Broads podcast. Welcome to the show, ladies. Hey, thank you so much for having us on. We're excited. We are excited to be here. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, too. Yes, very much. So you guys are right there in Ellis County, Texas. Is that right? Um, okay, so I'm Renee, and I um, I actually live in uh, Waxahachie. I uh, grew up in Red Oak, and um, so I live in Ellis County. Crystal uh, lived in a neighboring city, and now she lives in a different area, but from the area, yes. And how far are you from the church where this took place? About five minutes. Yeah. So even though she's wow. in a different town, that church is five minutes from her house because those those small towns just all border each other down there, you know, and one minute you're in one town, then you're driving through another one. Right. Yeah. They're all real close together, all of them. Mm-hmm. So this hit you guys pretty hard when this happened. Yes. Um, me being from that area, but I, I'm about an hour north of there now, but... It caught my eye because Missy was my age and her kids, all three of her kids are the same age as my kids. And then Mm -hmm. Renee has an even more personal story. I worked with um, Missy back in 2014. We worked for a company called Vault Denim. And um, I would uh, often, usually about twice a week, go to her house uh, to get inventory um, because we would have like jeans parties and stuff. And um, so I'd go over there all the time and and visit her. And so, or not visit her, but get the jeans and, uh, you know, do what I had to do. And it was just uh, shocking when I found out that she was killed. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's not only just in your backyard, you actually knew it. So that's very personal. Very personal. So is this the case that kind of got you guys into true crime? Were you guys into true crime before this? It did. Well, we were we were into true crime, but we weren't into true crime at quite this level. It had never occurred to either one of us to have a podcast or anything until this horrible case happened. But after a few years of really diving into this case and trying to figure out what happened to Missy, who would do something? You know how bizarre this is. It's just insane. She walks into a church to teach a gladiator class and ends up being attacked by someone in tactical gear. I mean, nothing about this makes any sense. So Renee and I met in the Facebook groups that are dedicated to Missy's case. And we started chatting in Messenger and like a lot of people do. But then we took it to the next level and we started meeting for lunch and talking about it. And we saw new people coming into the groups, the Facebook groups. And then we were kind of like, helping them get up to speed on the case if they were new. 
And we just finally realized one day after a few years of this is that we have all this information. It would be cool to be able to maybe just share it on some platform where people could just catch up and maybe it would also bring new people into the case that might be interested. And and we really feel like the more people that are listening to it and talking about the case, maybe the right tip will finally come in because it's been over seven years and we're just ready exactly. to, we're ready to see some movement on this case. Well, I mean, you guys being from right there from that area, it's only logical for you to do this case and keep this story alive there in, in, in that area. Yeah, we hope so. That's our goal. We're really, really trying to figure out what happened to this poor woman who was just trying to make some extra money for her family, you know, teaching exercise classes. I was going to say at the crack of dawn, but it was before the crack of dawn. It was pitch yeah. dark outside. And, yeah. and, you know, it's just everything creepy. It's like a horror movie. It was, it was raining really hard. I mean, whoever went into that church, they really wanted they really wanted to hurt Missy. I mean, it was it was a very unpleasant morning as far as pouring down rain, and it was mm-hmm. still pitch dark at 4 o'clock in the morning. Just a weird, yeah. it's just a weird set of circumstances. And we do respect the people that we hear from who think it was a wrong place, wrong time. Um, Renee and I lean toward it being targeted, that Missy was mm-hmm. the intended victim. But, of course, there's people who think that, she walked in on a robbery and we respect that too. But just from kind of from where I'm sitting and Renee, we just feel like this person was after her. Yeah. Yeah, It's very strange. I don't, I don't really buy the the robbery deal either. That's a whole lot to go through. Yeah. And I think another clue for us on that is that the perpetrator hangs out for half an hour without really doing any any burglarizing you know there's kind of walking around and whacking on some doors and peeking in some doors and hitting some things with a hammer but no massive damage was done so it, they kind of mm-hmm. look like they're killing time yeah that yeah. especially that part before they turn around and face the camera they're hitting that crowbar with a hammer and they're doing it so gently you know yeah. so i'm like i just don't feel like they're really trying and after being in the church that's actually a utility closet that holds oh, like you mean the toilet door, paper and paper the door yeah. lightly yeah and i'm like there's they weren't even trying you know yeah 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 i love the way you describe that <laughs> it cracks me up every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've said it several times sorry yeah. that's your signature move it is it really is awesome. well let me ask you this guys when uh I've watched a couple of YouTube videos. You've done a couple of shorts and there was one video that you had that you were behind the church and you showed the entrance to the rear of the church mm-hmm. and there were some steps there. You suggested that maybe the perpetrator had parked right up next to the steps to keep from getting wet, maybe pulled up in the yard of the church or something. Yeah. yeah. Where those, those big trash bins are, that just kind of logically made sense to me. We haven't had that proven, but since it was, you know, 287 is actually a highway. It's mm-hmm. not a big highway like you'd see in Dallas, but it's a highway and it has through traffic going in it, you know, semis going through there all night. So it's not a dead area. Like uh, sometimes the media, the national news would kind of make it sound like this was desolate. It was out in the middle of nowhere. That's not really true. It's the truth is somewhere in the middle. It's definitely not a big city, but it's definitely not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, right. mm-hmm. And so even though it's pouring down rain and everything, I think if somebody saw someone climbing out of a car in full SWAT gear 
and trying to get into a church, they would have probably reported that. So I get the impression that person probably pulled in around. There's just kind of a big wall thing, if I remember correctly, Renee, mm-hmm. or the, kind of around the to protect those trash cans or to make them not be so unsightly. I just thought that would be a good place to park because we did get it confirmed that that is the entrance that the perp went in. There was some confusion early on that maybe they entered through the kitchen, but we got that confirmed that they did enter that you know where the steps are and then there's a covering which makes sense because it was pouring down rain that was actually kind of large uh, area so they could have actually went up there and changed or did anything because there's quite a bit of room up there yeah that's true and one of the videos that we do you can see the area kind of in it yeah Mm -hmm. it's a it's just so wild to think that somebody it was important enough to someone to hurt Missy that they got dressed up like that in the middle of the night and drove out there and parked and went through all that and broke in the church. It's, it still boggles my mind. And we've been talking about this for seven years. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the car at the sporting good place has anything to do with this? <laughs> you know, that's the, that's a question that we hear all the time. I'm, I'm on the fence. I think Renee leans toward it being involved. I could definitely see it going either way. Right. Yeah, I think it's involved. Um, the re- I mean, I guess because there's never really been any, um, you know, other reports of anything strange like that. I guess it could have been a one-time thing, somebody just pulling through. But it's just mysterious enough uh, a few hours before the murder that I just kind of feel like it's connected. Um, I think they might have went over, broke uh, maybe some glass out of one of the windows and then went over there and kind of sat and waited to see are police going to come? Are they going to show, you know, do, do I hear sirens and then nothing. And they're like, okay, we're going to move forward with what we're going to do. That's just kind of what I think. Yeah. yeah. Could be. And you guys are, are kind of like Donnie and I, he, he's, he's definitely on the broke the glass, went down there and hung out. And I'm kind of like, I don't know, it could be, they're not. You know, yeah. I could, I could definitely see it going either way. Right. 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 Is the, Church, is it really visible from the sporting goods store? I mean, how, how visible is it from that area? Is it a quarter mile? Is it three miles? We've, it's a half out. a mile. Okay. It's a half a mile. And it's catty corner across the street. Right. And you can see it. So after the murder, my husband and I went over and we went and parked in the exact same parking spot that that person in the Altima set in and mm-hmm. looked in the rearview mirror, looked in the uh, side mirrors, and you could see the church. Like you could see lighting. You know, you can see the whole thing. Or you could turn around and look and see the church. Now those trees have grown up and some bushes and things like that. So it's a little harder to see. But actually in 2016, you could see the church and that would okay. make sense you would you really wouldn't have to see details if you're just waiting to see if yeah, emergency, just to see if, like uh, if a cop yeah. came with lights, lights. and sirens mm-hmm. yeah but on the flip mm. that but one thing that bothers me about it is they the ultima the nissan ultima was actually facing the wrong direction to be looking at the church so i guess they would have to be looking through the side view mirror or turning around i mean that's those are kind of a couple of things that and the fact that they intentionally picked a spot that had a light, a street light over it. I thought that was kind of weird because it's, you know, if you're kind of doing something shady, it seems like you wouldn't want to be under a light because it's, I think we all know it's harder to see out of your car when you have light than if it, you know, I don't know. It just seemed odd. Those two things kind of make me hesitate and wonder if it's involved or not. Kind of funny Mm -hmm. because with the lighting, it's harder for people to see in. You would think it would be the opposite, but they, who knows if they knew that. Watch that video that uh, what's the guy's name Stoner? Aaron Stoner. Aaron Stoner did with the breakdown of that yes. parking lot. 
fiasco. What do you think about that? Does he think it's involved, the Nissan Altima? I believe so. Uh, I believe so because yeah, he's tried remember. repeatedly to pick out the letters uh, on the oh, license plate yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and connect yeah. it to somebody. Um, I think, I mean, I think he's put a lot of work into it and he's done, uh, you know, he, he's, he's done really well as far as uh, his trying to figure this out. I think that's commendable. But I, he kind of lost me with the measurements of the nostrils and the eyebrows that kind of <laughs> threw me off. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of strange because you can't really see the nose and yeah. the eyebrows. Obviously that's too small of a detail to me. So I don't know. Yeah. With the slick back hair and this one going, I don't see what this guy's seeing. No. Yeah. I mean, but I, yeah, I'm like, it's a little working to it, but yeah, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I have a picture that I had a phone back then in 2016 and it had this unique feature on it and it would screenshot in, I don't, I don't know how to technically say it, but like extremely fast. Like you could do a video and then you could screenshot and it would just screenshot like a hundred times in one frame. And it wasn't blurry or anything. Yes. And it would, it was really cool. So I somehow got a one good picture of the person in the car and you can tell it's a man you can tell they have on a hat you can tell they have on glasses uh, maybe some facial hair because uh, you can just kind of tell where areas are darker um, what else a watch they have a watch on and they have kind of a skinny arm so I don't know how I was able to get that but I did I didn't share it for years right Crystal mm-hmm. and finally we should send it to them yeah, yeah after four years I finally did and of course there's people out there like oh that's photoshopped I don't even know how to photoshop anything <laughs> Yeah. So you had like a sport mode screenshot from Yeah. 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 It's a really good one. It's the best one I've ever seen and it wasn't because I'm talented. It's just luck. Yeah, cuz you had a really cool um what's it called? The kind of phones you have, Androids. Yeah, it's an Android, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we're Android people too. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so yo you guys actually got to go in the uh, in church. Yeah. Look around, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Tell we, us about that we happened to be coming back from crime con it was in uh austin that year it was the summer of 2021 mm-hmm. and we got up and they were having a few sessions. crime con kind of clears out saturday night everyone flies home there were some sessions mm-hmm. on sunday we thought we wanted to go to but we got up and we just said you know what we're ready to head back and then we realized it's sunday hello so we mm-hmm. went and we sort of blended in with the church crowd as the church was getting out because they really don't let people come in there and wander around i think that they probably mm-hmm. had an onslaught of that at the beginning and they put an end to it so we just decided if anyone at creekside is listening to this they're probably like <laughs> those little boogers but anyway yeah we did we went and, and just kind of slipped in and walked around and it was amazing to us. I think the biggest takeaway was how small that church is. It looks so big on the surveillance. It really does. Really? We it were shocked. Small. You can walk that entire four halls, and I say four halls, it's just like a square, um, in less than five minutes, maybe mm-hmm. even three. Yeah. It was very short. The way those surveillance cameras are up in the corners looking down, it makes it look so big. Yeah, we were shocked yeah. at how much smaller it was. Yeah, it was tiny compared to what hmm. we were expecting. Mm-hmm. We did a little bit of a measurement. Um, you looked at some of the doors that the perpetrator. Yeah. Yes, tell us about that. Yeah, we we did a little bit of a measurement. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, at the the what is that door called, Crystal? The, a Dutch door. The Dutch door. Um, and compared my height because I'm five two and a half um, to 
that door and then of course the person that you see on the, the surveillance and um and it hit me about the same mm-hmm. as it did that person so yeah depending mm-hmm. on how their body is you know because some people are long torso short legs and then some people right. are long leg short torso so assuming that they're proportions are similar to Renee's that person's probably on the shorter side of the height range that they've been giving um but hard to tell because they could be built differently Mm -hmm. maybe if it struck them right at the belly then that's might be taller or shorter than you who knows right but yeah the way that door opened it hit Renee at the same spot that it hit the perpetrator wow so I think you guys are divided on whether it's a man or a woman you know, Am I right? Renee and I no, think it's ninety-eight percent. Yeah, we're pretty oh. sure we think it's a woman. Okay. Um, just because we, after years of looking at it, I, I wasn't there at the beginning. I used to think it was a guy, but okay. as time wears on and as our shows wore on, I changed my mind. And the way the person is walking looks kind of feminine to us, and some of their maneuvers that they make look feminine. Um, some of their gestures, like kind of lightly tapping the wall when they walk down that hallway. Um, there's especially one that Renee always points out <laughs> is when they are trying or messing with that one door and they're getting various tools out of their vest to mess with that door. They kind of pop their hip and he or she pops the hip out. And I, we just don't see men standing that way. Do you stand that way? Either one of you, Dale or Donnie? Mm-hmm. No. You don't pop out your hip? Yeah, I know. See, that's the... Like knocking it out of gear kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) I actually tried to get my husband and my daughter's boyfriend at the time to do that. And it was so funny. We laughed till we couldn't (laughs) breathe because they were trying to do that. And and they couldn't even make it. They couldn't even pretend like they were trying to make them pop they were like i don't know they couldn't do it it was yeah. hilarious and and that that perpetrator definitely has a hip pop there oh yeah and so mm. there's just a few things and also the height range now there are plenty of guys that are close to five feet but just statistically it's more likely a woman in that height range right um mm-hmm. so we we've kind of landed on woman i think okay for now. saying that we go back to the photo you caught and you said somebody with the glasses and hat and maybe facial hair so does that make you think maybe their that call was not involved? He's talking about the Ultima. Right, right. Your right, picture right. that you got. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm having a hard time hearing him. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know that, in my mind, I think it's actually two different people. Because <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's a man in the car. Because their their seat's kind of far back, and and I I what I see I don't know that anybody could convince me it's not a man because it looks, I mean it doesn't even look like figures and splotches and pixels and all that. It looks plainly like a man with a hat on, and glasses, and watch the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's two different people. The person we see in the church and the person in the car is two different people. You think it's possible there's two different people at the church? Possibly, yeah. One stayed in the car, and the other one in. Right. I, 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 I see me and, and me and Crystal don't think, see the same on this, you know, which is fine, but I see two different things in the church. I see two different boots. I see two different, like the one part where they walk around the corner and they, they kind of like, um, I think their foot kind of like sticks to the floor and it kind of squeaks, you know, hmm. I think that person has on tinny shoes and it's the UA, right? Mm-hmm. And in the other ones, you can clearly see it more looks looks more like a police boot type, mm-hmm. you know, uh, shoe mm-hmm. or whatever. So to me, and their their pants fall differently and everything. So that's I see something different. 
Yeah, I think Renee and I are pretty much in agreement down the line, except she's more convinced on the car being involved than I am. I'm about 50-50. She's probably, what, 80-20? Mm-hmm. And then I'm just seeing one person, and I think that those surveillance cameras were low quality, and I'm just think I think you can chalk that up to distortion, but Renee's seeing two different people. So those are probably the only differences. Everything else, I Yeah, think, we're pretty much the same. Yeah, we've else. been talking. But that's you've been on the two-person thing a long time. Yeah. Because you were saying mm. that when I met you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, really, if you think about it, that would be a great way to do it. If yeah. You dress the same, you know, if you're right. similar, similar size. Yeah, police have never said that there was more than one perp that we're working, looking for because they would release the video and say, if you know anyone who walks like this that could, you know, blah, blah, blah. They've never said we're looking for two people, but then again, they may not have known or they could just be doing that to throw us off. But, yeah, yeah they never have said that there's two people. The police haven't. Right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of video. Now, we watched the YouTube um, scenes, and the guy was saying that he had heard from uh, Brandon. Is that his name, right? Yeah, that's Missy's husband, Brandon B. Brandon, yeah. I heard from him that there was definitely no video of the attack. Right. That's what we've heard, too. And um, those cameras are motion activated, but our understanding is that they are placed around the entrances just to protect the church for, I guess, from people coming in or whatever. So I, we think, you know, Missy was killed off camera. I think the big question is, did the perpetrator have the sophistication to know that they were pulling her into an area that was off camera or was that just luck? You know, we don't know that, but that's our understanding too. You do see, um, Missy on the camera, but in order to protect her family, the police made the decision not to release any of the video with Missy in it. But when it, it but when it does come time where she's attacked, apparently that's off camera. Yeah, because they mentioned later that um, the uh, perpetrator is seen leaving the same way they come in. So it tells us that the murder actually happened somewhere off camera, like she said, maybe in a room or something. And then they left and went back out the same way they came in. Have you guys seen any more video than everybody else? I mean, because you've talked to FBI, police, you've talked to so many people. Have you seen anything other than what they believe? No, we haven't. Um, we, we know that the forensic podiatrist that um, asked if he could, he, he contacted Midlothian police and said, may I work this case? I helped in another murder case and helped get a conviction based on someone's gait. So he came forward and helped the investigation out. And he describes in a couple of his interviews parts of the video that the public has not seen. And the way he described it was, you see Missy coming in and she comes walking in a few steps, and then you see her jerk her head. So she, he said that she obviously heard something, and that's really, mm. really eerie because yeah, we, me cold yeah, we don't know if she heard like a shoe squeaking on the floor or if that person called out to her. We don't know what she heard, but um, she. we also heard that from one of the family members that's, that had talked to the police about the video as well. They confirmed that as well, that you see Missy turn her head not long after she comes in. So some, there was some kind of noise. That gave me cold chills just thinking about that. Me too. The the sheer terror that came over her after that. Yes. Yeah. It it was, um, 
thinking you're by yourself. Yeah. Thinking about what she went through. I mean, I, I had a, at the time I had a hallway that went down to my bedroom and it was really long. And every time I was there by myself, I would really be really super paranoid looking around, you know, because it's scary thinking about it. It's terrifying to think about what she's going through. And I think that, you know, her guard was down. She had done that many times. She had unloaded her truck and gone in, flipped on the lights, you know, gotten everything set up. And that morning it was pouring. So she was probably going to spend more time inside than normal. Yeah. And I think she had an agreement with the church where they were, her campers were allowed to use the restrooms that were just inside that door. So, you know, she was just probably business as usual setting up. And then that horrible person was waiting for her. Oh yeah. I'm sure she was, you know, really focused on getting stuff done. Cause you know, it's getting time to everybody to get going and she's trying to get unloaded and get it going and then come to the door. You don't expect anything. Like, wow. You know, what's one of the craziest parts of this to me is we found out there were two women who would routinely come in And by routinely, I mean at this point it was every week. They would come in and they would start their their workouts at 4.30 a.m. Now, the class Mm -hmm. started at 5, but there was two women who liked to come at 4.30. And what happened was that morning, because of the pouring down rain, one of the women just said, I'm not going. This weather is horrible. Because it's an outdoor workout, you know. Yeah. I get it. And she was just like, not happening. So she rolls back over and goes back to bed. The other woman that goes at 430 had a flat tire. And by the time her son came and rescued her and switched the tires, she didn't get there till five. What really just boggles my mind is what would have happened if they would have gotten there at their normal 425, whatever time, would they have seen the perpetrator driving away? Would they have potentially interrupted this? Would they have gotten killed too? Could they have stopped it from happening to Missy, you know, all those things run through your mind. I think the perpetrator probably didn't have that level of detail that they probably didn't realize she had two people that came at four thirty. Because that was just a verbal agreement between them. You know yeah. what I mean? And I talked to the head of Camp Gladiator for that region and she told us that um you know, Missy would be setting up for her regular class at five and those two women would start working out while she was still setting up and she would spot them and go, Hey, good job. Make sure you lift your, you know, leg up a little higher there. So you don't get hurt, you know, that kind of stuff. And, but she would be setting up. So it's just really crazy to think that that morning, coincidentally, they both didn't go. Okay. Let me bring up something that I heard today. I actually listened to another one of you guys' podcast because what really got me and Donnie, we were talking about, you know, like whatever, when he saw her and he saw uh, the perpetrator or whatever, and then they went into the room or whatever. It was said that there was another video of her running out and then them coming after her or whatever. We can never figure out how her being in such a great shape, whoever this person was, she could take her down. Even if she got a little bit of separation, she should have been able to get away. So you know, I was listening uh, to your podcast and I'm sorry, but uh, they said she was shot. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And that was something we I did not know till today yes unfortunately we are 99.999 percent sure that she was shot and um the we wow. always, early on we always wondered why the atf came out because they were out there day after they were there wednesday the murder was early monday and we were like why is the atf there they had dogs sniffing and everything around the church and now it makes sense because we got some intel on the fact that she was shot and um yeah she was yes yeah, so knowing that that's a big a big equalizer for even if even if the, the one-legged man thing was true but right. also it would be 
even if she had three people there, if he had a gun, it would be a whole different story. Right. That's true. true. That's true. Because everybody else is just thinking he has a hammer, you know, or I keep saying he, like, so she's a baby and whatever. But right. We do the same thing. <laughs> it's just, but uh, yeah, because that's what kept blowing my mind. I'm like, because this person is just waddling around, you know, such, la, 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 and she's in such good shape. Right. If she got any separation at all, she should be able to just bolt and get away. Right. But, you know, when I heard that today, I was like, holy cow, I really you know, that, that changes everything. Yeah. yeah. And our, our understanding is when she did try to um, get some separation, that's when she got shot. Right. Yeah. Well, somebody Horrible. said, you know, someone maybe threw the hammer. I'm like, come on. I mean, he's not Batman. You know? We've heard that. I heard you say that on the show. And we actually had heard that before, too, on mm-hmm. the Internet. Someone who said they had seen the video. We haven't had that confirmed, but that's interesting that you heard it too. Of course, when there's a, a high-profile case like this, a lot of stuff gets passed around on the internet. So, yeah, who knows? But yeah, we have we've actually heard that too. We've heard hammer and the base. Remember the base? Yeah. Well, and that would make sense because it was confirmed in the CSI report that she was found surrounded by broken glass. Mm-hmm. But there was also apparently a kind of like those sofa tables, those long skinny tables. Um, there was one with a glass top apparently that was broken in the struggle. So the glass could have been from that glass tabletop. Right? Yeah, and it was never specified what type of glass, right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, they just said they, wow. they just said they found her with bro- broken glass all around her. Right. So the first camper got there about what time, do you think? Five o'clock? No, there was, interestingly, there was a new guy who was going to start and he was going to be a part of that five, that 430 group, but he had never been there before. That was his first day, if you can believe this. And when this happened and he knew Missy, he actually um, manages a local coffee stop, a shop, and he was coming Mm -hmm. in after being recruited by Missy. And um, he was supposed to be there at 4.30, but I think he was running, ran a little bit late according to the timelines that we've seen. He, he pulled up at 4.30, and he was just so confused because Missy's truck was wide open under the awning. He couldn't get in um, the door for some reason, and he couldn't get Missy to answer her phone. She wasn't answering texts or phone calls, so he was just waiting out there. I think he went back to his car. We heard mm-hmm. different accounts of whether he waited under the awning or in his car, and um, but here, this part really breaks my heart too. Is Missy had texted the two four thirty women, those ladies that go early. She mm-hmm. contacted them the night before and said, "Hey, I don't want you to be freaked out. The, the guy that's going to he, there's a guy coming for the first time tomorrow morning, and he's also going to come at four thirty. And he's a really big guy. Just don't worry if he gets there before I do. He's fine. So it just kind of make, it makes me really sad to think she was concerned about their safety and their yeah. you know." When didn't want him to freak out and what happened to him. And be worried and then what happened to her. And that's how they originally or it ended up getting in the church or he did or everybody was the one that had the flat tire ended up getting there at five and, and then they got in and then they found her. Mm-hmm. And how they, much of a let me ask you this, how much of a dark cloud does this have over Ellis County in that area today? Huge. Um, really? people, people are people constant, still talk about it. yeah, people talk about it all the time. Um, you know, you can't, you really can't find anybody and I'll, you can't find anybody in that town that doesn't know about it. Um, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact, my daughter and me went to a lady's house who was selling some really pretty plants and we were just chatting with her and sure enough, she ended up talking about true crime and we started talking about the case and she knew all about it. 
She was, you know, mm. you just can't find people that don't know about it and that aren't freaked out by it and, of course, have their own opinions and, you know, so forth. Yeah, and, and it also there's people who are still scared because, you know, even if you think it's targeted, you're still thinking there is a crazy person on the loose because, I mean, yeah, just because they thought Missy had wronged them in some way doesn't mean they couldn't think that about somebody else because it's so crazy yeah, what they did. I mean, yeah. there's a murderer on the loose, no doubt. Absolutely. And a homicidal yeah. maniac. I mean, it's just a crazy person, obviously, just from watching the video. And it's chilling how, you know, like you guys described how she was just the, I mean, he or she was just kind of meandering around and messing with things. And then to think they just jumped into full murder mode when Missy arrived. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a total psychopath. Yeah. What do you think about the gate of the perpetrator? The, this, the is, story. this is one of my favorite uh, parts to discuss. <laughs> um, you know, the thing about it is, I think, and of course, I don't know, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like um, I have put on my husband's boots many times to go out and check the mail because he would leave them by the door. He worked construction electrician for years. Um, and when I put them on, I couldn't walk like I normally walk with them on. My foot would turn out um, because they were heavy. So yeah. I feel like that's what this person is doing. They're they're trying to make themselves look bigger than they are. Um, so they have on boots that are too big and maybe even stuff some, something in their clothes to make them look like they're bigger, you know, like a bigger, broader, like, man. Um, and I feel like, unfortunately, and the police didn't know, so I don't blame them because that's, you know, you think what you see is what you see. But I don't think the gate is going to help solve this because I feel like the gate is caused by boots that are too big. Yeah. And even if the person does have an odd gate, it's probably not exactly that gate that you're seeing because we do both really believe that this is a woman wearing men's shoes or boots. Well, and if they knew the cameras were there, because they're walking around kind of like they, I mean, I don't know if it really looks like they've been there many times, but they kind of knew her wearing and maybe they'd walked around enough. They already knew that, like you said, the three minute walk. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but I don't know. It's just, were they faking it? You know, I mean, it would yeah. be really smart if they were. Right. I, I would like to see the video, not necessarily the, of the act that happened, but of them leaving. Me too. Running, we want to so bad. I always say face. that because, you know, they're going to have a different, they're going to be walking more purposefully after the murder to get right. the heck out of there. Right, yeah, right. Uh, that would That's be like I was telling Donnie on that movie, uh, in, uh, Usual Suspects or whatever, the whole time that with the main character that I think Kevin Spacey played, he had that, that weird limp the whole time. Uh-huh. And then very end, he leaves and he just puts his foot straight and walks right off. And they're like, wow. Right. So like, wow. Were they really just trying to fool everybody if they, if they knew that the cameras were there? Right. Which would it be yeah. very smart? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I can see it. This is great. I like <laughs> you guys are awesome. Yeah, we learned so much stuff. I mean, I've I've been some more episodes of you guys today and you interviewed a lot of people and a lot of different people on this case. Yeah. Uh, You interviewed, um, I think, A.J. Tucker twice. Yeah. Yes. What what was your uh, feel 
on AJ. What well, do you guys, you know, his wife has been probably one of the number one suspects that gets talked about on social media and the Facebook groups. And there's people to this day that still swear that she did it. Um, our understanding is from um, talking to someone who knows is that they were cleared, um, but they were questioned quite a bit. And AJ seems sincere when he talked to us about off off the air about how he just can't even understand how they got involved in this. And it was just the craziest thing and all that. But, um, you know, we, we tiptoed around him, though, because we didn't want to make him feel bad. So we had him on to talk about it, which is relevant to our show about, mm-hmm. you know, self-defense. And so the second time oh, yeah. we the second time we had him on, he did talk about the case some. And he just seems genuine. Now, who knows? We could all be wrong. Of course, I'm always ready to be wrong. But I'm just saying that, like, our impression of him is that he was being honest. And we talked to him quite a bit off the air. And he really just seemed completely flabbergasted that it went as far as it did. But um, it was also posted on social media early on that somebody had called in a tip, apparently, on his wife. And that's how this whole thing got started. And he had pictures on his social media of stuff that kind of looks like tactical gear, but he used it in self-defense, spar- you know, sparring gear, I guess you call it. And um, and so people just kind of, the imaginations, I think, went wild from that. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of people called in tips. And so the police were doing their due diligence. We don't know if they had anything else on them. That's just our take on it, of course. Um, but then the FBI apparently did go by and pick up their trash. And AJ had posted on Facebook, hey, we had something really weird happen in our neighborhood. Be on the lookout. Somebody pulled up in a um, unmarked, what was it? Black like, charger. Or it something. was something mm-hmm. that sounded like an unmarked car. And he said they came and they took our trash and took off. And then later he came back. He goes, never mind, guys. I, f- I found out what it was. Yeah. And he goes, and he said, it's unbelievable. And I can't talk about it right now. But I, I don't know. He didn't realize, I guess, that it was undercover police taking their trash. But it, apparently they found nothing, and they did end up interviewing them quite a bit. So to answer your question, what my feeling is on him, I think he's has nothing to do with this. He was actually teaching a class at the exact same yeah. time as Missy across the other side of Midlothian. So honestly, it would physically have been impossible for him to be there because he was setting up his own Camp Gladiator class. And... It was his first day to teach for Camp Gladiator. That is right. He, he said he was telling us that when he was at the end of his class, he said somebody came racing in from Camp Gladiator and said, what, are you okay? We're just coming to check on you. You're okay? He said, of course I'm okay. I'm right here. What's going on? And they said, well, Missy Beavers, who he already knew, he said Missy Beavers was murdered setting up her class, and he said he was just mind blown. Yeah. I, I'm shocked at the people, um, and, and, and again, you know, I, I understand that, you know, it's hard speculating and so forth, but there have been people recently that have um, decided that they think AJ did it um, in Reddit and Facebook and Twitter, all over the place. You see these comments, and I, it's just physically impossible for him to have done that. He would have had to have driven from his home in Mansfield to Midlothian uh, and then switched vehicles, switched clothes, and then get to his class by five. That's impossible. So, yeah. 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 Just a, just a question that's kind of off topic but not really, but when you say set up for these camp gladiator things, have you ever seen a class that we know what are you all in, is involved in set up? Because that's said a lot. She was setting up. Was right, setting up. right. Well, they do have equipment, and I don't know exactly what. I think I know that the night before uh, Missy was killed, there was a couple of ladies commented on her post and said, hey, can you bring me some weights? You know, they didn't have any of their own. 
So, um, but she also set up other things. She had fire hoses that she used from the fire department, and she had all kinds of equipment. I just can't think right she now what it was. She had an amp, a table. Oh, her and iPad. she had yeah. her iPad. To check and people then, in. Yeah, so people would check in. And I think maybe like a chair. I don't know. Just, But it was just a, I think it was the same thing every time. There mm-hmm. is a picture um, that we have posted where she set up at the convention center mm-hmm. and all of her stuff was there. Mm, okay. okay. And then also so the, the woman in charge of that uh, area for Camp, Gladi- Camp Gladiator, Missy's boss, she told us that they're actually required to show up 45 minutes before the class or, or is there an, hour? an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some time period before the class they're required to be there. And of course, and you know, she said, we know that most of them don't do it, especially on the super early morning ones. They might not get there quite that early, but they're supposed to be there an hour early. I believe that's what she said. I'll have to go back and look at my notes. But um, but Missy got there at 4.18, and her class was at 5. So mm-hmm. she didn't miss it by much. But no. apparently that was their rule, the Camp Gladiator rules, that they had to be there that early. And then she probably would have been had the weather been a little better. Right, right. Yeah, 4 o'clock on the rainy, yeah, uh, whole day. That makes a little more sense to me because it's basically I'm thinking I have no idea what these classes are that watch one so it's not like they're all getting together and just kind of doing workout aerobic and stuff so they're using tools and props and yeah stuff like that so yeah sense. So that makes a lot more sense you know? yeah so I'm sure she had her mind on that right so right unpack, right yeah. And it's just so commendable to be up at that hour doing anything productive, but yeah. but also to be up at that hour in the pouring down rain, setting up an exercise class to help other people get in shape. That's just so amazing. Well, her slogan was, if it's raining, we're still training. Yeah. She, so, po- she posted right. that the night before. She said, mm-hmm. come on, we're gladiators. And then the meme, that's right. And um, yeah, she made it clear that she was still going to be there. So if, if this perpetrator was watching her social media, it was set to public. And they would have known she's still going to be there. Who could have targeted Missy? Because, you know, I hate to touch on certain things and, and, but was there any talk of Missy or Brandon having extramarital affairs or anything? Was, I mean, anything like that going on? The police actually announced that pretty early on. They had it on all the search warrant affidavits, which were released to the media. And so, of course, the media is going to take that and run with it. What's better than a story about a murder with something that salacious like affairs? Um, They also uncovered that they were having financial problems. Um, Missy's husband um, quite often will chime in and say that's untrue. They weren't having financial problems. But the police must have detected something in their communications where they're talking about money. So whether or not that's true, um, we don't know. But um, apparently there were affairs. We don't know to what extent. We don't know which one of them for sure was doing that. We've got some intel on that. But, you know, of course that's always probably one of the main motives, you know, besides money. I just didn't know how much is in the rumor mill down there about that. If anybody talk, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people talk about it and yeah. put their own twist and spin on it. Right. You know, mostly Missy gets talked about, which is sad because she's not here to defend yeah. herself. So exactly. She's the one that the, the, the rumors about the affairs get pinned on, but we've heard it could have gone both ways. We really don't have any information on what Brandon's situation was. It's never been discussed openly. But there have been talks, and um, there was times that there are search warrant affidavits that point to her talking to certain guys, but we don't know to what extent. They were saying there was flirtatious and familiar conversations. Well, that could be taken 
any different way. I mean, exactly. is that is that sexting or is that like, hey, what's going on? You look good in your outfit today. Can't wait to see you at the gym. You know, we don't know yeah. to what we're on the continuum what that is. So that's just the way the police worded it. Well, I guess everybody's just trying to find a reason why they would be targeted. You know, like that's so true. A little bit with that, that makes sense to people. You know, just a little bit of a mention of it. Right. Know. Yeah, I think that it's important um, to uh, explore all you know avenues on this, um, and of course, nobody cares what. Ch- you know, Missy did. She didn't deserve to be killed, and and I, we right. just, you know, everybody I'm sure feels this way that it doesn't matter what avenue it takes you on, just explore it and figure it out. And let's get this person yeah. brought to justice. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most how important often, part. How often do the? Let me ask you this: How often do the authorities uh, communicate with the public on this case? I mean, I know it's been several years now. Do they never <laughs> make an announcement every year? Every year on the anniversary, or no, or really they quit doing that three years ago uh they did talk a little bit to one of the reporters uh two years ago that's true carl smith the chief of police had a little rebecca lopez he did a little blurb with Mm -hmm. her that's right but that it wasn't really a statement it was just answering a few questions um but yeah they haven't actually approached the public since 2020 well and they used to have a guy named kevin johnson that was sort of the media liaison and when he left he was also the assistant police chief Mm -hmm. i believe when he left they never really had anyone fill that role of keeping the media updated and i don't that was probably intentional because they seem like they don't really want media involvement so that's just our guess but yeah when after kevin johnson left the force there has not been that person that's updating the media right Mm. Do you think if uh, they uh, release some more of the video that it would maybe help some to get some more of this perpetrator's video out there? Because yes. I know there's there's a ton of more footage of this yeah. perpetrator well, out there. Well, we've heard that that perpetrator was dancing around in there for 28 minutes. And I realize that those cameras are motion activated, so we probably don't have 28 whole minutes of the perp. But if they really do have they, – they mentioned it in that very, very first press conference that happened the day she – was killed. They said, Midlothian police, Captain Spann said, we do have um, footage of the perp going down a long hallway after the murder, presumably to leave the way they came in. So that would be, like you said, that would be super useful to see that. And then our understanding, though, is that the other footage they have is more at a distance and they felt like it wouldn't be as useful. We've heard that. Uh, the police haven't made an official statement on that, but that's just things that we've heard from reliable sources is that the rest of the videos, they released what was the most helpful, but we still want to see the perp going down that hallway. We yes. have um, obtained uh, or asked for uh, records different times about uh, tips that have came in through the, the course of, you know, getting the billboard and things like that. And every time something like this would happen or, you know, it would always increase tips would increase. So I feel like if they were to release a portion of that, it would just do the same thing. It would bring more people in. They would get reinterested in the case. They would, you know, start thinking about it again uh, and maybe hopefully get somebody with the courage to come forward and, you know, tell what they know. Cause they police have stated several times. They do believe that this case will be solved with the help of the public. So well, they were to help us out a little bit. Right. Yes. And and Kevin Johnson, the man I was talking about that used to be the media liaison at the police, his his line that he used all the time was, we're looking for that vital piece of evidence. There's that one piece that they're missing. There's one thing 
that's vital that they're sure that if the public would call it in that they could solve it. I think yeah. that if they would realize that I'm, I mean, maybe they do, but if they, you know, would think about it, given that little piece, even just even, you know, 10 seconds would just, you know, regenerate people calling back in again. And, and, and that's mm-hmm. what they want. So I think it would be beneficial in my opinion. Yeah. Cause they have that one video where it's, right, it's almost above the door when it came in. It was like it just comes open you and walk in. I'm like, just give me that going out. I mean, right, right, oh, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Whenever was, they have the weird box in their hand, yeah, yeah, a yeah. White box, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where you see the, the in my opinion, the police boots. Uh, if you look down at their feet, they're like totally different than what you see when they're going across the floor towards that split door. To me, the boots mm-hmm. look totally different there. They look literally like what you see a policeman wearing. You know, mm-hmm. the dark black or whatever. On our on our Instagram page, and we'll send you these pictures, or if you just, or if you've, I don't know if you've seen them on our Instagram, but if one of somebody that Renee knows actually just zoomed in on the perpetrator's feet in the church, and you can actually see, and this is just a regular person zooming in, probably on an iPhone. This isn't anything fancy, but you can see the Under Armour emblem. You know how it's got the U and then the A under it. Yeah. Um, you can see that on the perpetrator's shoes. And that's so interesting because that is what a lot of police wear for their uniform shoes or mm-hmm. under armor, either the tactical boots or the regular, like we call them tennis shoes in Texas, but right. athletic shoes. Um, we call them tennis shoes. Here oh, you do? Yeah. See, y'all say it right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even leaving this. I'm going to be like tennis shoes. Tennis shoes. There you go. And, tennis uh, shoes. That's perfect. My sister actually did that. She did it oh. from a Android phone. I don't know. She has the. Case. It looks really good. She's the one that changed the lighting also on the car picture that I have, oh. and it helped to me to be able to see different things. Mm-hmm. But that's the only changes. There's never been any actual changes to the picture. Yeah. Just the lighting. Just the lighting. But, yeah. yeah. Just well, sometimes when you lighten something up, you yes. can really see it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, we we think they're wearing underarm shoes. Under Armour tactical boots, the zipper, and they do make them. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So, yeah, with the logo on the heel. So, if hmm. this person was um, had some contact with poli- uh, someone in their family or a close friend that was a, a police officer, then that would make sense if they could get the rest of that gear. They could certainly grab their Under Armour shoes. Right. right. For sure. So, of all the people that you guys have talked to, is there anybody that that you've talked to that just gave you some kind of, that just made your jaw drop? Yeah. Did you ever get anything like that and go, holy? Yeah, you know, we've had so many people come forward and talk about one particular person that after a while, you just kind of go, wait a minute, maybe this person might be the perpetrator because we had people from totally different walks of life come forward. Like people who don't know one another and they don't run in the same circles were coming to us and saying, hey, we think this person did it. And it was the same, the name matched. It was the same person. And that person was also talked about early on in the Facebook groups, so that's another thing to consider. And that person also sent us a message. This was in February 2021. We had never mentioned this person on the air. And no, no one had mentioned her on our show. We're talking zero mention of her. And she sent us a Facebook message on our True Crime Broads messenger that said, stop stalking me. And we've we've honestly never stalked anyone. So <laughs> of course that not. was just <laughs> silly. We were like, what? well, <laughs> and, and and my mother had recently passed away. I really wasn't in the headspace of even thinking about this. And I remember walking through my house and I saw a notification. I looked at my phone and 
it was her. And she said, stop stalking oh. me. And so I immediately called Renee and, and uh, we were just like, wow, what does that mean? You know, why is she worried about us? You know, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, because it was she had never been talked about. And then she quickly blocked us. So I know I was hoping that we could chat with her. But we did tell the police about that because that could have some significance to the case, of course. So we let them know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Excuse me while I run and bolt my door. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we felt. <laughs> no kidding. How comfortable are you, you ladies? Uh, maybe the the police have actually talked to the perpetrator and interviewed them at one time. I think you so. Think it's possible. They they, they yeah. interviewed a lot of people early on, and if this person ends up being the one, she was interviewed back then in 2016, and yep. so were a lot of her acquaintances. So we don't really know um, where they stand with her today. Um, we've seen some uh, uh, public records that would suggest they looked at her again later. We just don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. The police have been incredibly tight-lipped in this case. Um, of course, they need to be because they can't yeah. give away what they have. But, I mean, they're not even saying, hey, we're getting close to an arrest. Everyone, it's cool. Or I mean, they're giving zero hints. They could be, we don't know if they're totally lost or if they're about to arrest someone tomorrow. <laughs> right? We just don't know. Yeah. Was this person involved with Camp Gladiator in any way that you know of? Her, her very best friend attended Missy's classes. Yeah, Ooh. she would have had very... Uh, very good information on how classes work, where they hold them at, you know, how it works as far as start to finish. She would have had that information because her best friend attended and was friends with Missy. Yeah, there's that connection. And it's just kind of weird. It's very hard, though, to break down the motive and try to figure that out. But, you know, I I mean, at the end of the day, is there ever a good reason to kill someone, especially in this bizarre manner? So the person might just be off kilter and that might be the answer that's hard to think about because we i think those of us that aren't murderous want to know why would someone do that yeah, I, we want it to be a reason yeah we need a motive but yeah. your good reason and their good reason is totally different right yes, right. Right. yes. Yeah. wow crazy give me chills yeah I'm, I'm, <laughs> i can yeah, you, you definitely yeah. hit the nail on the head when you said the jaws drop because we definitely, <laughs> if we would have been on video, it would have oh, yeah. we were like, whoa. Uh, that was we definitely. Didn't know where that, we didn't know, you know. That definitely turned our day around. But, um, yeah, it was interesting to say the least for her to say stop stalking me because we just couldn't oh, even imagine where that was coming from unless she was hearing our episodes and inserting herself into them somehow because we'd never used her name and never at that point in time no one had talked about her on our show yet right never it happened way later and then once we started that with that first initial episode where someone named her um, it was a domino effect other people started contacting us and saying hey i just wanted to set the record straight on xyz can i come on and we're like yeah yeah and then the next time it was the same thing so but even though they wanted to set the record straight on what that guy said they still thought it was her mm-hmm. they were just saying we disagree with these little details yes. over here so yeah we we just kind of wanted to interview everyone we asked the police to please interview these people and they were coming to us and saying look the police are not contacting us and they were wanting to talk so after several months we just decided to go ahead and interview them and hope for the best and, and let's just, define yeah. several months by 10 <laughs> yeah. wow. i was trying to be nice yeah um, i'm not that nice <laughs> but yeah so we just thought well we'll give them a platform what the heck you know and um we're not saying we 
we know they're right or wrong. We have no idea who killed Missy Beavers, and we're as confused as anyone else. But it was nice to kind of try finally hear from people who thought they might have it figured out and had their own what they thought were good reasons to think that. But I think what really got me is what I said earlier. There was people coming to us that didn't know each other, but they had come to the same conclusion. I thought that was big. Hmm. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very big. And them being this type of, you know, they could really have somebody in, in, their, in their sights and just don't have enough to do anything. Oh, yeah, probably so. I just, I wish that people would come forward. And we hear all the time, um, you know, hey, I'm, I'm afraid to call in. Uh, or I don't want to get involved or whatever, but hey, you know, look at this or whatever. And we try to tell people, please know that you can remain anonymous and there's yeah. nobody going to know your name. They, mm-hmm. they legally can't uh, if you do the, the anonymous crime, way, crime stoppers. stoppers yeah. yeah. But we do wish that somebody would come forward because we know there's somebody out there. Somebody knows something. Yeah. Yep. You ladies started a billboard. Tell us about that. That started, uh, we started our podcast in February of 2020. 20 and the billboard went up in September of 2020. Um, we just wanted a way to, you know, get, uh, you know, obviously with podcasts, you get to reach a lot of people, but we wanted another way to reach the public. And we felt like a billboard would do it. We reached out to our listeners and they were excited. They were like, let's do it. So within a short time, we funded it and put it up. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, uh, did you say, I think I heard in one of your episodes that Crime Stoppers took it over. And was they did. Yes. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that changed in May of 2020. Was it 2022? Yeah, 2020. I don't know why I got confused on that. May of 2022, they, we, uh, our listeners paid for the artwork for the new billboard and Crime Stoppers took it over and now they have it in Midlothian. Wow, that was a game changer there, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's that the biggest easy, case. Easier, and- easier for you. Renee was the one because she's local down in Ellis County doing all the coordinating for the billboard, and it got to be really hard. So yeah, I'm really was. I'm really glad that Crime Stoppers took that over, to get that off your shoulders. That was a lot. But we had so many generous listeners from all over the country, all over the world, actually, mm-hmm. that would donate to the Missy's billboard that was there locally in Ellis County. That was really, really nice. That really yeah. showed how much people care. It really did. Yeah, it was really smart of you guys because, you know, you can reach people around the world doing this, but right there in town, if, like if, if it's anything like here and now, this case is a lot bigger than what, I mean, we've had some local stuff, but, you know, we have people we're friends with and had no idea we did a podcast. But, yeah, yeah. You know, putting that sign in town, I mean, that's something that's really going to get People are going to see right that, right. Yeah. yeah, and we asked about um, what the statistics were, you know, because we wanted to make sure we want, we didn't want to take, you know, or have people donating and it wasn't doing anything. But every time, um, it that, especially around different times of the year, but it would, you know, it would definitely spark, you know, interest and people would call in tips and stuff. So yeah, we were didn't, happy. Didn't Crime Stopper say that tripled their uh, mm-hmm. tips on the Missy Beavers case yes. when it went awesome. up? Yeah, we were really nice. excited about that because, and also every once in a while, most people knew it was unsolved, but every once in a while we would meet people from Ellis County and they'd go, wait a minute, that case isn't solved yet? Yes. I mean, they just... They had no idea. Yeah, they'd kind of forgotten about it over time and then couldn't believe it was still not solved. So it was nice to jog people's memories and have that up just in case the right person saw it that had some mm. little tip, you know. Yeah, probably everybody loved it except for Freak Night Church. What'd you yeah, say? Probably, I said probably everybody loved the seeing the billboard except for Freak Night Church. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, we, we do feel people. for them. Yeah. Oh, yes. Exactly. That's a bad thing. Yeah, it is a bad thing. 
Yes. Yeah, I think we should guys will go back out there and do a longer video than those shorts around the Yeah, we'll have to do that. I have some yeah. pictures. Uh, I have some pictures and I have some uh, video, but it's, you know. Yeah, we should go up there and do some videos. Yeah. You should go back to the sporting goods store and do the whole deal. That, that would be awesome. Right. That would be. You mean the yeah. whole drive? Is that what you mean? Yeah, every, yeah everything. I actually, I actually have one, don't I? Yeah, did you put that? Well, I don't think we have it on a YouTube short, I mean, though. We should add it. Yeah, yeah, I have a video where I left the, uh, my husband drove, and I videoed from the uh, SWFA to the church, or from the church to SWFA, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because we, around here locally, there's a case of uh, missing girl, he should agree, and we would listen to podcasts on that, and it would have, you know, everything was not really as it is. So we did a video just to go and show, like, look, this is how far it actually is. This is the woods that everybody would say, you know, it's like really thick woods. And like, look, it's not really like that. So it yeah. really helps for people who are not right there in town to actually see. Like you said, the church is really small. And to us, it looked like a really huge church. It did. So, yeah. yeah. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, you know, there's a part of the of uh, surveillance footage from SWFA where the car is driving around, and I'm just since you mentioned this, I wanted to point this out. And there's a part where the vehicle turns their lights off and then on and then off again, and everybody's yes. like, "Ooh, they're signaling somebody." I mean, I guess it's possible that they are, but I will tell you, they're at the back of SWFA facing the opposite direction. So they're not signaling anybody at the church, um, you know? Yeah, good So point. that's kind of what you're talking about. You know, people don't know that because they're not over there yeah, seeing it. We should, get over, we should get over there and do some more video. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Because I, when I realized that, the way they were faced, and they were facing mm-hmm. the complete wrong direction. So. And SWFA is the name of the gun store, the sporting goods kind of slash gun store, where that's the parking lot that they were looping around. And it's kind of weird to think if that is the perpetrator or if that's someone connected to the perpetrator. It seems really strange that you would pick. I mean, everyone knows that gun stores have amazing surveillance, you know, right. yeah, kind yeah, of strange yeah. place to hang out before a murder. True. And isn't it really weird? And we we come across this not a lot, but more than you would think. That how on this certain night the, the damn surveillance cameras are not working in the house. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, they <laughs> so they, frustrating. And we used man. to think it was surveillance cameras plural, but we found out later from people who work at the church that it's actually they only had one outdoor camera, and it happened to mm-hmm. be malfunctioning. And we wondered if maybe we used to wonder years ago, like, well, I wonder if the perpetrator, you know disabled it you know but apparently it just wasn't working and that was something that happened periodically and they just hadn't gotten around to fixing so, it so do you think there's a chance that whoever's in the car dropped off whoever by the church and then went to the gun store i don't know no because it was a Which different is- time i wouldn't think so because it was a it was two hours earlier yeah that's true but yeah i think he yeah. meant like to test it oh I well, well, is there proof that there was an extra car parked outside say that again do we actually know that there was a car parked outside where they went in the door? No. I'm just thinking maybe Well, po- police did police. say that there was a car seen in the distance, oh, but it was right. so far away that they couldn't. They said, we don't even want to try to make out what kind of car because it's so far in the yeah. distance you can't see it. That's so right. Kevin, there was a car. Kevin Johnson early on, that media liaison I talked about, Kevin Johnson early on released to the media there in a couple of articles that were locally um was it WFAA or something, mm-hmm. some local um, couple of news channels. And he said that that there was a car seen parked off in the distance, but he wasn't even comfortable. They weren't comfortable guessing the make or the model. It was that. Or even the color. Or, yeah. yeah. They couldn't tell. Uh-huh. So, um, 
we do think the perp went in a car simply because, you know, it was such a horrible rainy time at the time right. of the murder. They would, it would be impossible to walk there or ride a motorcycle without just being a total mess. But, you know, it's possible they got dropped off, but. Leaving out the yeah, back in the woods. Yeah, a way to tie it together that would make sense. And, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. The the, right, the, the 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 Ultima circling that uh, parking lot was around two something a.m. Mm-hmm. and then the murder was at four twenty ish. So, you know, it was quite a bit of you know kind of far apart in time. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to touch on one thing, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. Um, I know that a lot of people uh, always uh, will say, oh, it was the father-in-law. He walked just like the perpetrator. And we did a couple of episodes on it. Um, You know, he he wasn't out of town uh, while, you know, while this was going on. He didn't even live in town, number one. And number two, it was proven that he was out of town or out of state in California. Yeah. Oh, well, I tried to say he Colorado. was in Oceanside, California. Yeah, he was in California, and um, you know he wasn't able. He had a uh, condition, and I know y'all tried to pronounce it ank- ankling spondylosis or something like that. <laughs> I would have to read that's it. As, I don't know. That's, that's as close as I can get. I think it's ankling spondylosis, and uh, he couldn't jerk his head up like the perp did when they opened that split door. Uh-huh. So I'd wanted to touch on that because there's always oh that's that's probably the people who aren't following the case very closely but see a couple media things mm-hmm. those are the people that really think it's the father-in-law right that's right we hear that more yeah. than anything honestly yeah yeah well they had gone to talk to the media when the bloody shirt got delivered to the local dry cleaners right. and then the dry cleaner lady heard that his last name was Beavers so she gets on the phone to the police and says we've got. Somebody with the last name of Beavers here dropping off a bloody shirt. You need to come figure this out. You right. know, so they did, and they did their due diligence. And of course, it, it did end up being that it was dog blood. It was a true story that they had told, but they had to check it out. But they wanted to get ahead of that story. So Missy's husband and dad, you know, her father-in-law, they went and talked to the media and had a little press conference at Midlothian Police Department. And when Randy Beavers, the dad, turned around, he kind of waddled away. On camera, a lot like the perpetrator walks. So mm-hmm. I really don't blame people for thinking, oh, right? I bet he did it. I bet yeah. they were in on it together. So um, none of the evidence points to that, especially with him being thousands of miles away. But, you know, that's that's a really big rumor. Yeah. 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 It's been proven that um, Randy wasn't even in town. Yeah. 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 He, he was, was in a he was in a camper. Sure. Yeah. He was in a camper with his wife in Oceanside, California, and they were. They were uh, retired and traveled a lot. Yeah. That's where they were. Yeah. So how confident are you ladies thinking this case is going to be solved? Well, (laughs) I think it will be eventually. Um, Yeah. I just don't know when or how or any of that stuff, but we are hopeful. We haven't given up, even though it's, it's tempting after this length of time. But mm-hmm. I, I think that um, it will be solved. I think that's what helps to keep us going, uh, helps us to keep encouraging people to come forward. And I do hope that the person that it, uh, knows something hears this and, and will come forward and get the, you know, the um, courage to do that. Because I really think yeah. that I really think it'll be solved. You guys certainly are towing the line for this. I'll tell you, you've yeah. done a hell of a lot of work. I mean, Everybody work speaks for itself. It's amazing to me. Oh, thank yeah, we you. We wanted to do this case because we have a big listenership 
from Texas. Oh. It's crazy the the number of downloads we get from Texas That's for awesome. some reason. Yeah, and we felt like, well, you know, we need to do this and then reach out to you ladies to get you on here to just to do our part to help keep the story going, keep it alive, and just keep it out there. Yeah, we, we really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, we're so happy you asked us to be on, and your show is fantastic. And, well, thank um, you very much. Yeah, we'll be sharing uh, sharing your show on our Facebook and on our social media everywhere, Instagram. Um, yep. Yeah, you're, you're doing a great job. We loved your show. It's so entertaining. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. We try to make it well-rounded. We, you know, we try to make it light, but yeah. we still we do hit on the 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 crime part of it, and mm-hmm. we try to. We don't use the whole back a lot, but we also don't really go crazy either. Yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. And make it respectful for the victims yeah. and the families too. Right. right. Something we always get asked: How did you get your name? Your show name. Yeah, I was actually well, wondering. Broads that. And that. Oh, he's asking yeah, us. No, but a lot, of, a lot of people were here through kind of broads and they going, oh, and especially today, some people. So. Oh, oh, oh! I was wondering where you got your podcast name. I misunderstood what you said because you guys are so like clean and fun, and there's nothing about a crack house comes to mind when I listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> where did you get your name? Uh, well, when I this Don, when I started the podcast, the guy that I started with. Um, the girl I was dating, it was her son-in-law and he lived in a house that was pretty run down. Okay. You know, and, and we used to joke around with him, Hey, let's go back to the crack house and hang out. <laughs> you know, and, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And we just joked around with it. So we just got, we that's just hilarious. the place he lived, the crack house, you know, oh, that's yeah. great. That I figured, I figured it had something to do with before, like, you know, the first 15 episodes. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Well, our yeah. name our name came from uh, me and Crystal were talking about doing the podcast, and we were trying to pick a name. And I had come up uh, on a uh, name generator, and uh, it popped <laughs> up and said "Broads of True Crime." And I was reading her reading uh, well, it to her, and then she goes, she was going down a list, you know, just reading them. And I was like, "Oh, nah, that's boring, nah." And then she goes, "True Crime Broadcast," and I thought she said "True Crime Broads," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I love that!" And then she goes, "No, <laughs> yeah. she goes broadcast." <laughs> I guess the phone cut out. Right Right yeah. then or something yeah but then we started laughing and we were like yeah let's just stick with that yeah that's great yeah I love it. that's great broadcast is pretty cool actually and we yeah. like the tcb you know taking care of business you know i didn't even realize that when we get it. my husband's an elvis fan and he was elvis, like tcb yeah. that's what elvis had on the side of his plane you know taking yeah. care of business so. in there, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly Yep. That is awesome. That is very awesome. Well, guys, we certainly appreciate you being on the show. Is there anything you want, last thing you want to add about Missy Beavers? Oh, just call in those tips. Um, Renee, what's the Crime Stoppers number? It's 972-937-7297. P-A-Y-S, pays. Yep. And we will certainly put a link with your stuff in the show notes for this episode and all your information about your podcast and um, numbers that people can call for tips and information. Thank and you. We appreciate that. Really filling in a lot of holes and telling us the stuff that we didn't know, even after we tried to search. And I'm so glad we went up on you guys. because it's just, Oh, me too. I'm so glad you invite us on and we'll definitely tell all of our listeners to go check y'all out. For, for sure. sure. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You ladies good night.
me in. Let's go. episode is brought to you by Page 2 Inspection Services, LLC, specializing in foundation inspection reporting, commercial, residential, and home or mixed-use properties. They handle prompt reporting and services at the most competitive price in the structural engineering field. PAL Engineering Services also specializes in structure, structure reporting, and mechanical engineering in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, and throughout the state of Texas. They do structural inspection, track full home inspection and evaluation, foundation inspection and repair plan, modular home inspection, pest inspection, mechanical and electrical inspections, drainage plans, and retaining walls. Be sure and check them out at uh, www.page2inspections.com or www.palengineeringinc.com. The phone number to reach them at is 972-268-4140. Thank you for supporting True Crime Broads.